Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome to a very important show. This is an exciting episode for us. You're exciting. Uh, yeah? Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Throwing compliments around all day. This guy, yeah. Alex Kessler. Alex Kessler. Co-host of podcast uh, Masters of Modern with co-host Ben Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at the MMCast. You can. You can follow us on Twitter at the MMCast. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Kess Wiley. We're also on uh, Instagram, YouTube, pretty much. If it's a social media site, there's some version of us, including some weird, brand new, super cool audio social media thing that Ben's doing. Yeah, this thing called, uh, it's, a, it's an app called Anchor. It's just launched. It's brand new. It's super awesome. It's like Twitter meets radio or like podcasting on Twitter, but very short form, two, three minutes radio? at a time. Radio. Um, and I'm doing a show called 10 Minutes of Magic. Every single day I do like I do like two to four little blurbs about magic, all different formats, interviewing people, what have you, um, and just sharing thoughts. Like this is what you know my strategy for new draft formats are. Or like, Kessler, tell me why Commander is so awesome. Or, hey, Eric, what's, you know, what are the three greatest parts of magic from a game designer point of view? Like just all kinds of questions. And, and uh, if you guys like magic content and just having new stuff all the time, you'll really, really like this app. There's, there's content for everything. So download the app. It's called anchor 10 minutes of magic i'm having a really good time with it yeah sweet so, so what, what's the big news you were talking about before i the reason the this is such an exciting episode out. is because we are announcing the two teammates that are going to be joining me at grand free san antonio at the end of the month for uh, the team unified modern tournament we we put this whole thing out there and we asked people you know if you if you donated this month the patreon any amount or you left a new comment rated and reviewed us on itunes we were going to randomly pick from our Patreon uh, donors and the people that rated and reviewed since we uh, introduced it, and then we were going to announce them on the podcast, and we're about to announce them. So that's uh, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, real yeah, yeah. exciting stuff. When, when, when during the episode do you want to announce it? Do you want to do it now, middle of the episode, end of the episode? Should we do one now and one later? Okay. Yeah? Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so the first one... Is uh, we are gonna be we are gonna be announcing that Stephen Saint Clair. Woo, Stephen! Yes, team so team masters of modern. Yeah, welcome to the team, Stephen. We uh oh, I should do that in a bit. I should do more like a Gandalf voice. Welcome to the team, Stephen. That wasn't very. Why good. does Gan? Are you like a fellowship? Are you are you taking these decks to Mordor to destroy them? Maybe I would hope that if we were if we were the fellowship, I'd be Boromir. I mean, I know that would make me evil, but yeah, don't you die? I know he's not evil. He's just easily corruptible. He's the single best character in that entire trilogy. He's my favorite. You're not character. not a Gimli kind of guy. No, like there's no one better than Boromir in that. It's just not even close. He has all the best lines. His death at the end of the first movie is the best part of the trilogy. So no character. I would no Gandalf. Gandalf is better than Boromir. I mean, Gandalf. Ian McKellen is is a a international treasure. I mean, Ian McKellen's phenomenal, and like his the scene after he dies when he's like, "Run, you fools!" And then they're out there, and Aragorn says like. He's like, Boromir, get them up. And Boromir's like, give them a moment for pity's sake. Like, he's just my favorite. I love that have you Have you heard the theory? We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast because we're getting derailed here. But yeah. I want to talk about uh, the reason Gandalf said, fly you fools. Why? Because of, of the Balrog? No, we're, we're going to talk about it at the end. So, hint, there's going to be a non-magic moment about Lord <laughs> of the Rings at the end of this episode. But 
tell 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 um back to Ste- back yeah. to Stephen St. Clair. So Stephen, welcome to the team. Uh we probably will just be Team Masters of Modern. I mean, it would be cool to have like a clever name. On the other hand, you could be like the Team Masters of Modern Velociraptors. Yeah, it's exactly right. The North Dakota Barnstormers or something like that. Um, a name like that. So anyway, yeah. that's the that's the big announcement. We're going to announce the other winner at the end of the episode. Steven, thank you so much for your continued support. We're really excited to have you on the team, and this is going to be an absolute freaking blast. Yeah. So today, we're going to be doing a little bit of a team-unified modern conversation. Yeah. We've been doing some reading, and we've been like looking over the cards and thinking, okay, what do we think the meta call is going to be? Um, I don't think we're going to too specifically reveal our plan for our team on no, here. No, that's a secret. Plus, we need to work with... we want like we'll, we'll talk about kind of how you would go about picking a team and important things to keep in mind, and, and that's going to be tem- dependent on what our your teammates are going to be good at and what decks they are proficient in and what yes, they picking, are best at. Picking the decks and all of that will be just determined by the team. So we couldn't really announce it on here. But we will talk about the it's overview a, it's of the It's a collaborative format process. And what people have been saying online and what we think the, the best cards Teamwork. Yes, exactly. Togetherness. Team building. It's about friendship and relationships and so working together. <laughs> that is the gist of what we're doing. Um, so now... We are going to get into the episode. Did yeah, we yeah. forget anything? I guess the last thing we should point out is that, um, Stephen, you donated on Patreon. We thank you for that. We thank everyone who donates on Patreon, and it helps keep the podcast in business. In fact, guys, the reason we're able to fly me to San Antonio for this Grand Prix yeah. is because of the Patreon. Yeah. Without the Patreon, this would not be something that w- us on our, on our meager podcast budgets would be able to afford but we did so if you guys want to support the podcast and keep things like this happening we're so excited for this it's patreon.com slash the mmcast it's going to be an absolute blast and uh let's get into the episode yeah so team unified modern why don't, why don't you explain or give a brief explanation of exactly what that means from a, a rules perspective so the long and the short of it is that you have to build three decks um with a full 75 or I mean, or more, but in this case, I imagine our decks will all be sixty with fifteen cards uh, sideboard. One of you should definitely play with battle a battle of wits deck because that would be the hotness. Uh, no, so <laughs> <laughs> so you have to build three decks, and they have to have three completely unique card pools. Now, that does not just necessarily mean the copies of four. It means that aside from cards with basic super types, you have to actually play with no more than one deck with a single card in it. So if I have a single copy of Path to Exile in one of my decks, why I would have that, I have no idea. But if that was the case, I can't put the other three Path to Exiles in another deck. Yeah, it's not, it's not the four of rule across all three decks. This is a rules change. It used to be that way. Yeah. Uh, but they changed it, uh, I think, last year um, so that now it's, it's no card can show up in two decks. Exactly. So you have to come up with three unique strategies completely. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how it works. There's not really all that much else to it aside from sort of making the correct metagame calls. And uh, we've, been, we've been talking about it a lot. I mean, there are decks that are distinctly powerful in a format like this because they don't require you to draw on the card pool too heavily. At the same time, we mentioned this a little bit before, but it's like, okay, think about it. You're going to look at a full room, thousands of people, and you know... There's no chance you're going to see more than one third of that room play any one deck. Right. Well, and part of that also is is, you know, you, we talked about this before. Is and what you're kind of referring to is the meta game. Yeah. Is is picking a deck for a tournament so often de- 
is dependent on metagame. And in modern, classically, it isn't. Because a lot of the times modern is you're taking the deck you're best at and trying gonna, and going to try and do the best you can with it. Because you have a better chance if you're good at your deck in modern than you do if your deck is 5% better to win that day because you picked the right deck for the metagame. Especially at GPs when most people are also just playing the good deck, not the deck they're good with, not a deck they picked for that week. Right. Um, but in Team Unified Modern, where most of the people you're playing with are picking decks specifically for that event that have been tweaked differently for that event means that the metagame choice is a lot more relevant than it is to a normal modern tournament. Yeah, I definitely think that there's a couple angles here. I mean, one angle is to look and, and try to figure out what do you think is going to be prominently played and how can you attack that? How can you, how can you exploit that? Um, I think another way to think about it is like, don't worry about the metagame too much. Just Just come up with what's the most powerful thing I can do with my three decks. Um, yeah, and, and it, I mean, if you look at the World Magic Championships, which was the last high-profile Team Unified monitor event, the super linear but super um, singular deck types are the ones that saw the most play. So like decks like Infect, where most of the cards in the deck don't share copies with other decks. Right. Uh, Dredge, where it's like that entire deck is just cards that no other deck plays other than maybe a few of the lands that you can tweak to be in your favor. Uh, affinity, where the entire, like every deck, but you know, Ink Moth Nexus is a purely affinity card. Um, so you have these decks that, those are the top three decks in the format, and that's, you know, 8% was Affinity, 14% was Dredge, mind you, this is when Dredge was the best deck in the format, and 16% was Infect. And I think in this situation, Death Shadow Zoo is another deck you can probably walk in assuming is going to be relatively well supported just because it's the best deck in the format right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think the I think the linear aggressive decks are the ones that people will gravitate towards probably. I think it, that strikes me, especially the two you mentioned, Affinity and, and Infect. Right. I think that probably there's a chance if if you wanted to burn your no pun intended, if you wanted to burn your fixing on burn, I think you could probably play Naya Burn as your aggressive deck, and then you could mm-hmm. you could play because there's like other decks that don't interfere. You know, I mean, like if you played Naya Burn, you could probably also play in Affinity, and you could probably also play Merfolk. I would think that's like a good trio. Um, there's like there's a bunch of ways you can definitely play trios that don't yeah. step on each other. Well, and I think you know we uh, we've asked Twitter, and, and part of this segment is going to be asking Twitter for their recommendations of what they think the best teams are going to be. But if you look at the, the I think what's really interesting about this one is Death Shadow Zoo is the best deck in the format. Pretty, I, I'm pretty confident to say that. Death Shadow Zoo, Death Shadow. Sorry, Jund. Death, Death Shadow's Jund is the best deck yeah. in the format. Um, and if you keep that in mind. It eats up a lot of cards from other decks. So you can know walking this tournament, Jund isn't going to be a really heavily represented deck. Abzan is probably not going to be able to be very app represented because people are not going to pick the less good version. Yes, you're going to have people that are good at Abzan, but you're going to be in a situation where these slower, grindier decks are maybe even going to be less represented than normal. So either A, you could have an advantage because people's decks aren't going to be expecting those decks. So by playing Abzan or Jund, you could have an advantage because you're just going to be the only control deck in the room that's not like Grixis control, maybe. Yeah. Or build a deck that's specifically bad against Jund decks and normally is hated on by Jund decks, but is going to be good in this format. Which is why I think Affinity and, and Infect are so classically here, because those are ones that classically have bad matchups. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. I think, I think playing a, a mana-intensive deck, the mana base is, is 100% where you start. That's what you're focusing on here, and I, I do think that's the biggest determining factor on what deck you're going to play. However, I do think at the highest level, even beyond card availability, you're going to see the pros really try to target what they think is going to show up in numbers. And that's where I think you make your money at this tournament. I mean, not really make any money, because like, 
Matt, you don't make any money unless you finish in the top. Like, a couple no, that's people. that's where you'll find success in the tournament. That's the edge. You have to try to figure out what, where you expect the tournament to go, and then you also have to play like super tight. Watch Corey Burkhardt's going to find some way to have all three people on his team play play like Grixis. He'll be like, guys, <laughs> somehow we're all going to play Grixis, and somehow we'll are, we're all going to make it work. You're playing Delver with fast lands. I'm going to play with fetch mana base, and you'll play with uh, the check lands, I guess. Uh, yeah. No, but I mean, the other thing that I do think is important is. If you have a player on your team, and especially have a player on your team that is really good at one deck, you you know you're playing with Jim, who's a made up person, and Jim is a affinity master. He's only ever played affinity; it's the only deck he knows how to play. But he plays with it well. Then you should probably warp your team to make sure he's playing the deck the deck that he's best with. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because I do think you're going to have this is a fun this is a fun format that is unique and we don't see a lot so i think a lot of people will show up for this i think this is a fun thing and i think you'll have some players that are probably not as experienced and so if you are really good at a deck or you have somebody on your team who just knows how to play a deck in and out then like yeah i think they just have to play that deck it doesn't strike me as and then and then there's the idea of rogue builds there's the idea of coming up with something that you are targeting the metagame specifically (laughs) and you're saying you know what i think i know how this is going to go so with that being said Mm -hmm. i want to play something really unique right you know, because this is kind of, it's a new format in some ways. It's its its not quite a pro tour, but it's like you are being asked to, to problem solve a little bit. Sure. And, and I think there will be rewards for coming out with unique kind of ideas. Uh, I, I do think more so than normal, but I do also you know, want to say that a deck that is still going to be very strong, like Affinity, in a non-unified modern event is probably going to be even stronger in this one because yeah. they're not going to be has have as much of the shackles on them that they normally would have. Yeah, I get that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the decks that jump at us is, is particularly strong. We mentioned already why we think Affinity and Infect would be so good. Um, and I can go over the, the World Championships. I have actual percentages that we can go in top yeah, most played and the worst. Okay, so Infect is first. Um, that makes a ton of sense, especially back then. This is before Gitaxian Probe got banned, so in fact, it was one of the premier decks of the format. Um, but it also is, is you know, what we're saying is, other than Ink Moth Nexus, there's not a lot of cards that that deck has that it shares with other decks. Then a little bit more, because it had Gitaxian Probe in it, it had Become Immense, and those were shared with Death Shadow Zoo, because that was kind of a problem. But now that that card is banned and the other card isn't really played that much, you have a little bit more freedom here of what cards you're going to play in the deck. So... You just you just said the one finish at the top. Sorry, I zoned out for a second. Say that again. <laughs> okay, now we're on to Dredge. <laughs> okay, great. That's called that's called Alex Kessler right there. Yeah, he just pulled in me. Where just you pulled that out of your book. Uh, Dredge um, is really good. Once again, this is another card that got hurt. Golgari Grave was banned, but Dredge just did really well at the last modern tournament. Um, so it's obviously still a thing. I think actually, I I would be really hesitant to not play Dredge at this tournament. I think graveyard height's going to be low. Um, Partly because of what we talked about. I think, you know, that in general, Graveyard deck hate has gone a little bit worse. People are still not completely assuming that Dredge is going to be a really good deck right now. And it attacks at an angle that, you know, your teammate might just get some free wins and help you on your path to victory. Yeah, I think I think that, that decks that are as, like, again, like, decks that are linear like that in terms of what they're trying to do, they're so, like, one strategy so over the top and really, really hard to thwart. It's the same reason that, in fact, Infinity are both powerful, you're not playing fair magic. You're not going turn to turn and trying to grind them out. It's just like, if you're unprepared for me, I'm going to win. Also, because Dredge ultimately is faster than those decks, if Dredge wins, it's going to win faster than those decks. Right. You have an edge, because those yep. decks are not going to be equipped to deal with Dredge. 
Most of the most of the really good decks that aren't going to require you to use cards are not that interactive. I remember sideboard cards are equally shared here. So not everyone's going to have... There's not enough Stony Silences to go around. There's not enough Rest in Pieces to go around. There's not enough Graft Digger's Cage. So like each person is either going to have slightly worse than normal graveyard hate or they're going to have to cut on hate cards. And so you might have a situation where you're benefited by that and Dredge can just stop over people. Yep, Absolutely. What we got next? Uh, affinity, which we've talked about. I mean, Affinity is <laughs> almost 75 cards that no other deck plays with. I mean, it's definitely almost 60 cards that no other deck plays with. And so yeah. you get a huge advantage off of that. Um, and it's still really good. I mean, once again, after, I mean, more th so than even Graveyard Hate, Artifact Hate definitely decreases once you get past Ancient Grudge. Like you have Stony Silence and Ancient Grudge and then, I mean, like you're now, you're Shatter Spree. You're now in the like four mana ones that affinity can kind of dodge pretty easily just by yeah. hitting them in the face death shadow kataki war wage is really good and it plays like three copies of colo command and like sure that would be my only concern is that that deck's pretty darn good against you yeah if you're assuming that the best deck in the format is going to be played in of the format then i think affinity has a little bit more weaknesses yeah, i, I don't know that's why i think dredge of these three options is the best one of these top three decks dredge is not weak to those problems hmm Interesting. So um, we are going to take a quick break from this countdown right now, and we're going to call Steve St. Clair and inform him that he's on the team. Uh, we, asked for, we asked for all of the people that were in the running for their contact information so we could surprise them, and we have Steve's. So uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Steve right now on speakerphone, and we're going to inform him that he's on the team. Oh, nice. Yeah, this is going to be exciting, guys. So I hope he's surprised. I mean, if he's getting a phone call from us, he probably knows what's up because we don't just routinely call all of our fans, but we're going to give it a shot. That was loud. It's us calling him. I hope he picks up. <laughs> be really funny if he doesn't pick up. Hello? Hey, is this Steve? This is. Hey, Steve, what's up, man? This is Ben Bateman calling from the Masters of Modern Podcast. What's up? Hey, what are you guys calling for? We, 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 you gave us your information along with all the other people that contributed, and uh, we wanted to let you know you're on the team. You're on the Masters of Modern team. Really? Yeah, yeah and you're currently being recorded live. This is on the show. We just were, You're on the podcast. We decided we just announced you like five minutes earlier on the show, and we figured, you know what? Let's just call him and see if he's pumped up. How you doing, man? I am great, thank you. Yeah, of course, dude. This is exciting. Uh, we, uh, we, there's so much work to be done. There's so much uh, uh, planning. We have to come up with my silly brew and the two good decks you guys are going to play. Just kidding. The good decks we're all going <laughs> to play. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, are you super excited for San Antonio? I am stoked. I live in Alaska, so anything to get out of this weather right now would be fantastic. Excellent. What's like the? What's your favorite deck to play in modern? Um, I'm a big fan of Grixis style decks, so I've been playing a lot of Grixis Delver to success, so I'm, I'm feeling really confident on that. Excellent. We've, we've done some good uh, coverage on Grixis decks recently with Corey and Pat Chapin. Those guys all love those colors. And I've listened to every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent, man. Well, congratulations. We'll, we'll uh, send you a message and get all the, you know, we'll get all the information figured out for coordinating. But we wanted to let you know and give you the big, the big congratulations. I can't wait. We're going to have a really awesome weekend. I am so stoked. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, Steve. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being a supporter of the show. So uh, enjoy, enjoy your, what time is it in Alaska right now? 
It is uh, it's almost 8 o'clock. Okay, great. So the time zone's not too different. Well, enjoy your night, and uh, we'll be in touch, man. And congratulations again. Thank you. Look forward to working with you. Yeah, of course, dude. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm. All right, bye. All right, so that was cool. Yeah. He was excited. Yeah. We should do that more often. Just call people? <laughs> just, hey. Just complete strangers. Just be like, hey. Let's, we'll just, we can call Domino's. Hey, this is Ben Bateman from the Masters of Modern Podcast. I would love to order a Domino's me? pizza on the Masters of Modern <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> All right, so. So back so to the sweet. conversation. Yeah, so, yeah. so he's going to play Grixis. So uh, that's actually probably good if you want to keep playing on this judge plan. They don't well, share he, a lot of cards. He likes Grixis. We'll see. We'll see about <laughs> that. We got to strategize. So I want, this is something I want people to tweet at us. I want people to tweet at us what they think the odds are, Vegas odds, that Ben plays Grand Architect in this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I've, I've got some ideas. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about some things. Okay. And, uh, okay. you know, look, I, I might have some good ideas that involve Grand Architect. I don't know if I'm going to play Grand Architect. We'll see. But, uh, you know, we'll get there. So anyway, you were counting down some percentages. Some of the other decks that jumped out at me. Another one that I thought was really interesting and th- that – really does make a lot of sense is merfolk um i think merfolk it's a hair slower than some of those other all-in linear decks um like i don't think it, you beat Mer- merfolk was two percent of the field yeah i don't think you beat infect playing merfolk um but Infect isn't as good right now and it has a bad uh fatal push matchup <laughs> yeah i mean merfolk's biggest problem is that merfolk is really 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 good against the slower three-color decks. So the grindy three-color well, no, decks... No, but Merfolk's really good against uh, uh, Junt, uh, uh, Death Shadow Junt because their deck is all one-drops. So uh, Spraying Seas is literally Stone Rain because they can't use that extra mana on anything. So by using, right, by getting rid of true. one of their lands, and they're already really land light, they already play 20 or less lands, yeah. you can wreck them with a with a good and well-used spreading seas. I actually really like Merfolk in this tournament. Yeah, I'm a fan of Merfolk. I mean, Merfolk is definitely... I've played Merfolk in modern tournaments. I've enjoyed Merfolk in modern tournaments. I, To me, Merfolk feels like a deck you should be prepared to go against because I do think it's a fan favorite, and I think this is the kind of format you're going to get a lot of fans, like fan, you know, big modern fans showing up to. So modern strikes me, or uh, Merfolk strikes me as something that we're going to see a lot of. Um, other decks that jump out... I mean, ad nauseum. Currently, like, if I were to draft my my team, yeah. and this is if I was able to do this, uh, what I think it would be Dredge, Merfolk, and Death Shadow Zoo. You would play I, Death Shadow Zoo. I don't think those three decks have uh, many cards that they share. I like can't think of any off the top of my head. There's probably something, but nothing insane. And. Uh, when you get past that, like all those decks do really insane things. You get the Tarmogoyfs, you get like each deck has their own different specialties and yeah. you don't have a lot of overlap. Um, and you have linear decks, like they have, they have a lot of play. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, you, you get to play some pretty powerful things. I started to mention Ad Nauseam. The biggest reason Ad Nauseam jumps out to me as an interesting choice is because if you look at the mana base in Ad Nauseam, you're dealing with Temple of Deceit, Temple of Enlightenment, Seachrome Coast, Gemstone Mine, Dark Slick Shores, and City of Brass. Aside from Gemstone Mine, that's a pretty uh, unrestrictive mana base. Like, you're playing a bunch of inexpensive cards, too. Temples, like City of Brasses, those are easy. You played Spirit Guide, Laboratory Maniac. I mean, this deck does not take anything from other decks. Serum Visions, that's the, you play four Serum Visions in this deck. That's the only card that's... That's a thing, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Ad nauseum seems sweet. Yeah, I guess I guess you can't play ad nauseum without four singer visions. So if you play ad nauseum, that means you're probably not going to be playing a blue tempo deck. Right. So there's that. 
Yeah. I guess also you won't be playing Death Shadow Jun. Oh no, no, it's Death Shadow Jun now, so it doesn't play. It doesn't play the blue cards. Um, yeah, so you can still play that. So it just, yeah. So Ad Nauseam would be another one. Um, I mean, you mentioned Nia Burn. Uh, a Bant Eldrazi is another big one. Um, my only issue with Ban Eldrazi is its mana base is pretty. Um, and it plays Path. It plays it plays, plays path, path, Hierarch, and. But in my magical thing that I've just described, none of those decks are playing Path. I think I would maybe splash Path in Merfolk. Um, I mean, okay, if you don't play Infect, you can play Ban Eldrazi because the lands that you would be playing in Infect plus Path plus Hierarch are all in that deck. Yeah, I don't think you can play both. I think they they are exclusive, obviously, because of hierarch at least yeah and and i think yeah but so i i think that's a cool one like i think that deck's really good um how does that deck fare against a lot of the decks we're talking about not sure uh it's, oh, it's probably pretty good i mean like baladrazi is hard to beat it's really good against fatal push like when death shadows i think if we were to rock paper scissors the format i think death shadow zoo and ban eldrazi are diametrically opposed um what about sun and moon I do like Sun and Moon. I, I don't know if it's done very well since Gitaxian Probe left the format. Yeah. I might be wrong on that, um, and I'll put foot in mouth if I am. But yeah. um, once again, Blood Moon, I think, is pretty decent right now, so I don't hate it. Um, also a good choice. Blood Moon? Blood Moon or? Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think Chalice. Or red, white, prison. I, I think prison I think decks in general are probably as strong. I don't know exactly what build. Yeah, I think Chalice seems like a pretty good card to be playing in this format. This feels to me like you're going to see a lot of one drops. So unless you get a unless you get a heavy format that swings in the other direction and starts playing like tons of Tron and Titan Shift and all these decks, um, Scape Shift, I I think probably you see a lot of pretty linear, pretty aggressive decks that people are going to feel like they can storm a tournament with, and that's that's where I think that actually Chalice of the Void is quite good. So um, yeah, some would, some other decks, Abzan. Just straight up, you know, Tom Goyf, classic Jun version kind of Abzan is it was saw a lot of play at the the World Championships. And I think that's partly just a lot of players that are really confident with it. Um, Abzan, to me, that to me feels bad because that feels like it. That's that takes a lot of your lands. That's like a very very hungry, very intensive. Well, deck. it depends what your decks are. I'm, I'm more now reporting by percentage. That was seven percent of the field. Sure. At, at the, right after a f- uh, it was the fourth after Affinity or fifth after Affinity most played deck. Um, so that's the top five. After that, red green Valakit. I think that deck sounds really sweet in this tournament. Uh, people are really hard to beat that deck, and it does a lot of really powerful things without sharing too many cards. Right. The biggest ones are the mountain forests. Um, so like stopping ground, hmm. you lose. So Death Shadow Zoo becomes, or Death Shadow's Jun becomes much more difficult. But otherwise, this deck just beats on people. What about Tron? I don't like Tron. Not at all. Every deck we've just mentioned is bad matchup for Tron, other than Junk. But Tron, aside from its Ghost Quarters, really does not take almost anything from your other decks. Sure, but we, I mean, the first thing we mentioned was metagaming, and literally every deck up until, other than Junk, until the 10th deck, which is Junt, and then it goes to Ad Nauseam, Merfolk. Like, this is a really bad field for that deck. And all the top percentage decks in Unified Modern, at that point, and the, the format is a little different, every deck is a bad matchup. <laughs> right, that's fair. I guess I don't, totally know the matchup between Tron and Lantern Control. I can imagine that being not a great matchup for Lantern, but... Is, yeah, is Lantern Control a deck you'd want to be playing? You mentioned Prison decks. I mean, is I that... would play... Lantern seems sweet. Uh, I think it has a little bit of a problem because it's a aggressive format, it's sounding like. But I think you definitely have a strength in the sense that Ensnaring Bridge is a really good card. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, with Lantern Control, I wonder... 
I wonder what the curve in that deck is like. I wonder if you get wrecked as hard by Chalice in that deck. I mean, you I know do. you have a lot of one drops. A lot of one drops, right? A ton that's, of one drops. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it feels like, feels like. Um, Lantern in Insight, Codex Shredder, Ancient Stirrings. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets deep. But that also plays Hand Disruption. So unless they can get the old turn one, the old turn one Chalice against you, you probably get the Chalice out of their hand. Yeah, the Lantern does eat your Thought Seizes, but yes. Yes. But you have Thoughtseize, Inquisition, Kozlaik, and Duress to split between decks. So I think you can go pretty deep there. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the percentages. Uh, I, I, I want to now go shoot us over to Twitter. Got a lot of people interacting with us. And uh, read off some people on Twitter's three picks. Sweet. All right. So I'm just going to go in or- order. There's at nat- Natty Cat. Yeah, so Death Shadow, Bant, Eldrazi, Affinity. Uh, I think that that's a pretty sweet list. Death Shadow, Bantle, they don't really share anything. Yeah, I think they're pretty good together. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, I we talked about how how Death Shadow and Bant Eldrazi are both kind of two of the premier parts of the format. So I think they do kind of well together. I don't think they share too many cards. I think Temple Guardian is a card that both are a little bit interested in. Right. Um, but otherwise, I think that's a pretty good combination. Yeah. So it must work. I, I, this is something we should w- research or know already, but I'm I'm thinking that it probably going into the standings. Like, how does it work day two? I mean, you must you must have. Is it as a team? Then you probably need to have a record combined. Uh, no, of, yeah. So the way way to team unified modern works is is uh, you play three versus three, and then you play matches out of it. And two of the matches, if you win two of your matches, you you get move on point? to the next round. That's how it works. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's, yeah. It is. So it's three v three at the table. There, it's not yes. like yeah, you yeah. all are playing single round. No, no, it's not like points among your three teammates. It's you literally play three v three. Okay, and move up the standings. Got it. So, and you're allowed to talk to your opponents during the games, right? You're allowed to talk to your opponents, yes, or, so, and sorry, your teammates. I, I mean, your teammates. Yes. That's what, that's yeah. what I so you're <laughs> you're allowed to give advice to your teammates. Yeah, and like I that. believe so. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. So people are going to be asking me for advice on how to play modern, huh? Yeah, you're going and, <laughs> and and being a master, you're going to help them out. Yeah. Uh, so Shivenbot at uh, Electrotal, Eldrazi Tron, Abzan, and Elves. Actually, I, Elves is something we didn't talk about, but I do like Elves a lot. It doesn't share cards with pretty much any other deck, uh, other than maybe the Mutavault kind of the tribal cards. Um, so I wouldn't play Elves and Merfolk together. Hmm. Um, Cavern of Souls being a big one, <laughs> but Abzan strong deck, Eldrazi Tron. Is also a pretty aggressive version of Tron. That's the Tron I would play. Is the Eldrazi Tron list that are trying to do, you know, make a ton of mana to cast just Thought Nazis or also um, walking ballistas and other crazy things that you can just get. You know, a lot of colorless mana gets you some big stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Walking ballista is such a sweet card. I know, I love that card. Yeah. Uh, I would be really tempted to take a walking ballista hardened scales deck to this tournament, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jack Urbanus at Jack Urbanus, Junk, Bant, Eldrazi, and Arg- Red Green Valgut. Yeah, we need to talk about yeah, Titan, Titan Shift. Shift. I, think all the sl- I think I mentioned Titan I Shift. think all the slower decks are dicey to me. Sure. Um, or all the even mid range decks are dicey to me. I think you want to be aggressive. But I think having tons of removal is necessary, where Red Green Valgut gets a little hurt here. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Uh, Naya Burn, Affinity, and Merfolk. Uh, I think Affinity and Merfolk do have some splitsies. Yep. Maybe they don't. I guess they don't. No, because no, 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 they don't. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, that seems sweet. We talked about all those decks. Seems awesome. Goes yeah. from Proggy Boog, Boog, Eric Landis. Proggy Boog. Long listener of the cast. Uh, MTG Staples, Affinity, Abzian Company, and Ad Nauseum. Mm. So something I do want to say is a lot of these guys, they're coming up with really good... Um, trios? Trios, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, some of... Well, no, no, but they're all aggressive. Yes. So some yeah. of our conversation with uh, with both Stephen and then also the second person we're going to reveal soon will be a question of, yeah, what people want to play, what we're comfortable with, what we think the meta is going to be. And, you know, I want everybody to play a deck that they're happy with. Like, it, so we'll, we'll, I think we'll probably come up with a trio based on that as much as what we think strategically will be the best, you know? We obviously want to go and yeah. have fun. We want to win, but we want to have fun. Sure. And then the last person uh, that has written in time was Oopsoup at Nerdgasm. Death Shadow, Ad Nauseam, and Bant Eldrazi. Sweet. Yeah, I think those are all three really good decks. They don't share a lot of the same cards. Um, once I think, does Bant Eldrazi play? It doesn't play um, Serum Vision. So, yeah, I think you're, you're pretty solid. Yeah, that seems good to me. Yeah, yeah. Seems quite good. All right, so, so those are Twitter's, Twitter's answers. Yeah, so before we get into our conversation about the Lord of the Rings... Um, we are going to talk about the I other member of the Masters of Modern team. Woo! So team Masters of Modern. Yeah, I'm going to be watching for you guys to show up on the. Uh, yeah, on the thing. On the Twitch TV. We gotta. I gotta find it on here. So you beatbox for a second. Oh, that's good. That's great. Doing great, Kessler. You're doing. Just keep. Just doing keep great. it up. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right, so we are going to now talk about... <laughs> you didn't expect that to happen. No, you, you were, were just like... You were really like, good. I was, I was ready for it. Okay, guys, uh, joining the Masters of Modern team, joining Stephen uh, St. Clair and myself on the Masters of Modern team in San Antonio at the end of the month, we have somebody, who's, somebody whose name we don't actually know because it's an iTunes review... But we're going to call you out, and you have to listen to this. And no, you are Spartan Minimalist on iTunes. Thank you so much for your five-star review. You wrote, if you are a modern fan, this is the MTG cast you have been looking for. Alex oh, and Bun put out great content every week, and they always keep things up to date with their ever-changing meta. What is happening in the MTG world? Alex is also super handsome, but not as handsome as Ben. Thank you so Whoa. much. He no, really, he, he didn't, didn't really write that. Write that. Yeah, what he actually up. wrote was two thumbs up. Um, I'm just jealous of my mad beatbot skills. Yeah. It's true. So welcome to the team, Spartan yeah. Minimalist. Um, we are so happy to have you on the team. If you exist in Our the world... Your team name could be the Masters of Modern's Alaskan Spartans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery Alaska. Um, we need you to get in touch with us is the yeah. one thing. Because yes. we don't have any of your information on this iTunes review. So you, you should follow us on Twitter or send us an email. Um, Twitter is at the MMCast. Send us a tweet at us and we'll see it. Tweet at me personally at Ben Bateman Media or at Kess Wiley. That's where you can find us. And and uh, if you want to email uh, email us actually at info at Kess.co. That's I-N-F-O at K-E-S-S dot C-O. Yes, info at Kess.co. Hopefully you hear this and you just think that, man, this is so cool. I want to get in touch with you guys right away because we got to start the planning. We got to start getting to it. I know. We, uh, we, when you email us, please submit. Uh, and this is for all your teammates. Uh, submit your three decks that you are... Uh, best at that you're good at and you want to maybe play and also uh, any decks you might own that yeah. you might want to play with if not we will be providing helping provide decks uh, we will also be paying for entry into the tournament and yep. you'll get some sweet modern masters or masters of modern swag uh, and you'll you and Ben and, and you guys will you guys will all do really well I'll we'll be get, cheering for you we'll get steaks or or we'll get not steaks if you're vegetarian well you have to go to Outback Steakhouse yeah Oh, yeah, those are the days. Got, yeah, the, people might not know this, but when we used to PTQ together, when PTQs were a thing, uh, we would make sure to go to Outback Steakhouse every single PTQ. When we get the Bloomin' Onion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that one thing that Robert said the one time? What, what, would you, what are you going to order? And he was like, hmm, 
Anything with an apostrophe in the title. It's <laughs> like one of my favorites. It's really good. All right. So, yeah, that's 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 it for the modern half of this episode. Yeah. So Now let's I'm going to tell you the uh, general accepted fan theory of why Gandalf said, fly you fools. All right. Can you please do your Gandalf and provide us an intro? Is it when he says, fly you fools? Yeah, that Is one. It, does he, can I guess? Can you? Can, yeah. Is it because he knows where he's going to end up and he needs to be picked up by the giant sweet bird that saves him? Uh, kind of. A little bit. So you're kind of close. So the general theory is that it's the birds. So his plan this whole time was to meet with the King of the Eagles and have them fly the, the team to Mordor. That was like the only way he could figure out to get there. But he had two seconds to kind of let them know what his plan was because he didn't know who could, he could trust. So he said, fly, you fools, because he was like, please fly. Use the eagles to get there. And so, like, well, Otherwise, why was he calling them fools? They don't deserve that. Because they were waiting behind for him. That's why. That's what I think it was. They were waiting, and he was trying. That's why I've always, I always thought he said, "Run, you fools!" I didn't realize he said, "Fly, you fools!" Yeah, he says, "Fly, you fools!" Yeah, but I, I think he's saying it to the shadow, and yeah. then he hits the staff, and he says, "You shall not pass." Well, he's and already, he's already said that part because he says, "Fly, you fools!" when he's hanging. No, no, this, I mean, this is just things he said oh, yeah, in yeah, that yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, there's not, yeah. they're not sequentially ordered. Um, that's <laughs> Fly the fools is the last thing he says yeah, until the next sure. movie when he fights the Balrog, and it's like one of the sicker scenes in movie history. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. That's that one, and then he has, I mean, even. A Ian has Balrog? I don't. Ian McKellen might have the second that. sweetest scenes in the whole trilogy. I mean, everybody has good moments. It's he just has the best scenes. You're just wrong. <laughs> Baromir is bar, the death of Baromir is so so he so. He just like gets good. shot with some arrows and then gets on his <sighs> knees and is like, oh, I'm dead. And no, then, like, and, then Ar- and then Aragorn is like. And then his like lamer brother shows up. Oh, you're wrong. He's like, well, yes, Faramir is lamer, but <laughs> no. But Aragorn's like, Aragorn's like over him, and he's like, you're about to defend Faramir. And Faramir's like, I tried to take the ring from Frodo. Forgive me. And he's like, no, Boromir, you fought bravely. And he's like, I would have followed you, my brother, my captain, my king. And you're like, oh my god, waterworks this is the best thing. I just that's that's my favorite part of the whole entire trilogy. Baromir is my favorite character. Gandalf does have some wonderful scenes. One of my favorites, also that I always think of, my favorite single scene other than the Baromir death is in Return of the King when it's that shot of Gandalf riding the horse across the across the field at the Nazgul, like the big dragon Nazgul thing, uh-huh. and he shines the staff up and the light hits them. That's like one of the sickest shots in the. You're whole. not. Uh, are you not? Are you sure it's not the one where he's running down the hill with the riders of Rohan? No, that's and the end. The of, that's the end of Two thing? Towers. Okay. No, no, you're wrong. Because he he shines the staff and the light and like the angelic music starts playing. Uh-huh. And it's that sick shot where like they they clearly have like cameras on horses or something be, or on a car probably is more like it. No, it's horses. He, it's he's on a horse. horses. <laughs> and they like pick up him riding to join to join the riders because I think they're headed back from uh, from. What is it? The city on the sea, they're headed back to Minas Tirith. They have to get back in the gates, mm-hmm. right? Because he's just saved the guys. What's your favorite Lord of the Ring movie? <sighs> this is such a hard one. We have we did on AMA Podcast. I'm assuming I, it's the second Hobbit one. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> we did on, on Action Movie Anatomy. Actually, though, the, of the Hobbit movies, the second one is the better one, but they're all bad. But continue. The second one's good because it has the dragon. Yeah, the, the dragon stuff is amazing. Yeah, the Benedict Cumberbatch is unbelievable. Um, the... We did an episode of Action Movie Anatomy Smug. called Eight Smug. Movies We Can Never Do on the Show. Okay. And then we bracketed the eight movies and on Twitter poll, and we ended up like, that was, it was the trilogy, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, because we don't do franchise movies usually. What, what, was, what was in the semi, what, was, what, what, lost to, what lost to Lord of the Rings? I'm pretty sure the finals 
it was Shawshank Redemption versus Lord of the Rings. Because we 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 chose movies like the my like I have this question I ask to people when I'm trying to be intimidating. This is now getting really ranty in different directions. So you tell your thing about your action movie. I'll tell this. We did an episode. We did the we did the Lord of the Rings action movie night episode, and it was the trilogy. And we instead of doing like we normally do fist pump moment, we did a collective nine fist pump moments from the entire trilogy. Okay, we counted them down. And the question became, what is your favorite? And it's like really hard to say. I, there's a there's a strong element to each movie. I think Fellowship's the best movie because that's the most standalone, complete. It's like I agree with you. It's got like the the beginning. I think is really, the worst one is Return of the King. Is the longest. It, Return of the King has so many there's good so much, moments. Though. Yeah, but there's like a lot of CGI stuff, and then it never ends. Like Two Towers has some of the better moments. Some great fighting. And, some great and even some great like you know act like the all of the like. Schmeagle or Golem is yeah. one of the most unique characters in the history of movies, and pretty much all of that is in the second movie. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, such uh, the, the eight movies, if you guys are curious, that we had in the bracket, we just chose eight movies that we loved that we didn't think qualified in our in our like normal movie okay. rankings. If I can remember correctly, the eight movies were Lord of the Rings Trilogy, uh, Shawshank Redemption, Jerry Maguire, Boogie Nights, The Weatherman, The Other Guys, Sunshine, and there was I do one. love Sunshine. Sunshine's so good. So good. And there was one other movie that I probably... One of my favorite oh, podcasts. Oh, and, and The Truman like Show. That was the eighth movie. Okay. That was our eight. And we loved those movies, and we didn't feel... Sunshine, you could almost get away with as an action movie because it has some action yeah, in it. Yeah, no, you could do Sunshine on your podcast. But that's probably the only... Uh, aside from that, I don't think we could do any of the rest of those movies fairly. Fair. Yeah. I know of another podcast that's very successful that would retweet you guys a lot if you did Sunshine, actually. <laughs> I We love... I mean... Yeah, the comic I, book movie... Uh, News, the Weekly Planet, yeah, uh, podcast. The one of the main two guys love Sunshine. It's Sunshine's like, like one movie. of the. It's one of the best. Yeah. Um, oh, but my my point about Sunshine Redemption. I often ask people what their favorite movie of all time is. Yeah. And it's a question, not the best. It's their favorite. And if someone answers with Shawshank Redemption, I just it's the only wrong answer. Be, well, because it's the boring answer. It's the it's like saying The Great Gatsby is your favorite book. It's like a safe choice that no one's going to judge you on, and everyone likes because it's a good movie. I like Shawshank Redemption. It's here's a great the thing, movie. But here's if it's your favorite about, movie, here's the thing about Shawshank. So I've had this conversation, this argument a lot of times on IMDb, the top 100 movies, the top 250. Mm-hmm. Shawshank's number one. I know, and the reason is, is still, because I know something. Sometimes I've some seen point. The Godfather overtake it before. Um, I've seen Dark Knight get up there, which Dark is really Knight was around the time it was out. The, what happens though is that. Shawshank Redemption is quite possibly the greatest film ever made. It's it's possible that's the case. I I don't know that I would argue that it is, but I wouldn't argue that it isn't. Like it's <laughs> you can't you can't really you you can't strong sell hard sell convince me that that's not the case. It is like the most loved. Yeah, movie. but it's currently number one. It's like At, the most God, it goes loved Shawshank, movie ever. Godfather, Godfather Part Two, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I also want to say like. Don't get me wrong. I love The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is not the fourth best the, movie of the all fourth time. Fourth best movie of all time. Do you see Logan's already number fifty-one? Yeah, but new movies are because yeah. it like rain, yeah, like it's wonky. By the way, see Logan. It's like the I also best don't think movie Twelve Angry Men's the fifth. I don't think Schindler's List the no, sixth. It's you can't rank things like that. There's too many. We just talked about how Lord of the Rings: Return of the King is not the best Lord of the Rings, and it's number eight. Yeah, they're all great. Anyway, guys, that's gonna wrap up the show today. Thanks for listening. Congratulations to our to teammates. Yeah, well, we'll our teammates you, or your teammates. Yeah, my my. Uh, like yes. my team, but like kind of how the Steelers is my mom's football team and the Browns are my dad's football team, and that's why they're divorced. We're very excited. <laughs> this just gets so sad. We're so excited <laughs> for the GP, guys, and uh, 
go again. Not as sad as my dad's football team. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't already, uh, go and download it. Download Anchor, the Anchor app. It's on yeah. your phone, on your mobile device. Anchor, it's short form Subscribe content. Subscribe to Ben's. Yeah, 10 Minutes of Magic. Yeah. Super fun. It's cool. And and uh, you guys, the other cool factor is you guys can call in. So if you hear something, I'm you're kind of like, sad you didn't call it Mini Masters. Because it's like... Mini Masters. It's the mini baby. Modern But masters. it's not just about modern. It's about all magic. Yeah, I didn't. there's no word modern in there. Yeah. It's mini. And if you guys call in, if you think it's cool, you just record a little call in on your phone, your thought, and I can play it on my station if I think it's cool. I can share it. And then people can hear you and find you. It's like Twitter with podcasting. So yeah. anyway, it's awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator.